Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Nearly two-thirds of organisations believe that employers should have access to the vaccine status of their employees, according to a recent survey. The results come from this year's edition of the annual survey on impact of the GDPR and organisations in Ireland, jointly published today by the law firm McCann, Fitzgerald, LLP and Mazers, uh, the international audit tax advisory and consulting firm. God, that's a mouthful. Anyway, the findings show that 56% of organisations found that the inability to process employees' vaccine status data had impacted the return to office. To give me a little bit more information on that is Richard Grogan, employment law solicitor and good friend of the show. Good afternoon to you, Richard. Good afternoon, Niall. How are you? Now, we'll have to get you to say it by the end of it because you're, you're, you've gone viral everywhere at this stage, Richard. What's, what's your, your line? That's the oh, law. That's, that's the that's fact. That's the law and that's a fact, yeah. <laughs> I know, yeah. Did you, by the way, <laughs> did you ever imagine in your wildest dreams at this point in your life that you were going to go viral on TikTok? No, because I can't sing and I can't dance. So I, 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 I'm at a disadvantage. I thought I was at a disadvantage, but obviously not. You know? No, they seem to love your videos because these are all, every time we get you on the show, and you've been on the show many times, the amount of questions that people have in relation to employment law that maybe they're afraid to ask their own HR because they might get a skewed answer. So they're always, you know, they, they love you coming on. And I'm pretty, pretty sure, by the way, we get a few questions before you go. And if you want to send us a quick question into Richard, you can. The number is 087-188-0008. But first, let's get to this story in the news. So the idea is that the employer should have the right to say to their staff on return to work because everybody's returning to work now, you know, which, by the way, I think is a missed opportunity by the state. Maybe we should focus more on remote working. We'll come to that in a few minutes. But that they have the opportunity to say, are you vaccinated? Are you vaccinated? Possibly only 7% of the population are not vaccinated. So it's a small amount of people. Should they have the right to ask? The, the, the Data Protection Commissioner says that you can't. So they say for GDPR purposes. It would have to be an effort coming out and saying that there is a health issue in relation to this, in which case health advice trumps GDPR. Now, the, the problem that employers have is that if, let's say, if somebody... Um, now, it, 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 it's easing a bit with the new, with the new regulations, uh, but the problem on it is if somebody isn't vaccinated and they're a close contact in the workplace and the employer comes in and says, look, we've had um, a confirmed case of COVID, you're all... Uh, close contacts, and they all sit there, right? Mm. Because they've no symptoms. Yeah, so they can stay in work. The new rules say they can stay in work. They work, yeah. Now, what's happening is that the employer then heads back to their office, and one of the employees knocks on the door and comes in and says, I know that Joe or Mary isn't vaccinated, and I'm not happy about this. You know, they're they're sitting there. And the employer says, well, I can't ask them about that. But they say, but I know he's not. He's told us in the office that he's not vaccinated. Yeah, I mean, the the staff in places, generally speaking, know more about the vaccination <laughs> status than, than the employer does. But, you, so but employer, you're saying it's a data protection issue. So if it's a data protection issue, then how has a restaurant got the right to ask? Do you understand because, what I'm saying? Right, that's because it was put in regulations that the, re, that the restaurant can and it was put in part of the guidance that came from the health from the health authorities. So, for example, if you're working in the HSE, they got a derogation that they can ask your vaccination status. Okay, and the employer, a, a restaurant employee can be asked, can't they? No, and a restaurant okay. employee cannot be asked, oh, okay. but the person going in. So, if you're going into a restaurant, they will say, can we see your vaccination? And you go, fine. And can we see your ID? Fine. And then you say, I presume all your staff are vaccinated. 
and the uh, the, the the person at the door says, "Well, I haven't got a clue." Because okay. I can't ask them. Because I'm not allowed to ask. So, so, do you, so now here's the thing, right? So, if we change the law, or if we bring in legislation that allows employers to ask that and, and obviously bypass that bit, bit of GDPR, then you come across another problem, where that if you are asking if Johnny and Mary are not vaccinated, and they say, "Well, I'm not vaccinated," do you send them home, and or do you send everybody else home? So, what? How? I mean, who decides? How does that all work? It's a mess, isn't it? All right. When the original return to work protocol came out from the Department of Enterprise, Trade and Employment, it was that you would ask the question, and then if somebody wasn't vaccinated, you'd see, could you, uh, were you able to uh, deal with them being in the workplace? And if not, could you, could you allocate them to other work? We say remote working. The, the issue with returning to work is more the issue from a health and safety perspective, is what a lot of employers are saying, that they don't know the, the, the status. Therefore, they have to presume that nobody is vaccinated. Right. And therefore, they have to take the risk assessment on the basis that nobody is vaccinated rather than on the basis that, well, look, actually, everybody in here is vaccinated. So I can... I, 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 I don't, don't need have social distancing and I don't need all that kind of st- protections well, you in still, place. You, no, no, you still, need, you, you still should have the social distancing. You should still have the hand washing. You know, th- th- they're the basics that you, that, you have to ha- that you have to have in there. But you have a difference then in relation to, we say, the, the mask wearing and the rest. You, you might be able to say, look, fine. Look, as you're moving around the office, wear a mask, but you're fine at your desk if you're more than two metres apart. Mm. But the issue there is mainly that employers are having the problem that somebody, it, it really is coming that somebody who gets COVID, who isn't vaccinated, they're coming into the workplace and another employee is saying, I'm not happy with this. I'm not working with them. And, and that, is, is there a danger there. of people suing their employers in the future because of all this? Because we could have argued this before COVID. I mean, if I got the flu in work, I could have went to my employer and said, I'm after getting the flu off Johnny in sales. I was out of work for a week. I want to be compensated. So, no, I mean, you, the, 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 the issue in relation to this is that the employer, the employee has to be able to show that they got the, the COVID from somebody now, that's virtually impossible to show. You may be a close contact. Yeah, you could have got it on the bus on the way to work. You, yeah. you could have got it on the bus on the way to, to, to work, even if somebody in, the, in, in your office has COVID. The fact that you then get COVID a couple of days later doesn't mean that you necessarily got it from them. So I, I'm, I'll leave that aside. That's going to be very difficult for anybody to, to, to prove. Probably a lot easier for somebody who, as we say, went into hospital didn't have COVID going in because they were checked it and came out of hospital with COVID. That's a different day's work. But the reality on this is this is a highly transmissible disease. And if somebody up until now, if you had prior to COVID, if you had a highly transmissible disease, the employer was entitled to be told. Right. OK. Well, I've got- now, now they've said, no, you can't be told okay. this. And this is the this is the problem. Look, but I mean, Richard, Richard, do you think, as a solicitor, because you have to deal with the, the fallout from you know all the complications that happen in this, right? Do you think the government should legislate to allow employers to ask? I, I think that the that the government need to put in place a system whereby this information can be asked in specific circumstances, and that is, if somebody is designated as a close contact. If they're vaccinated, they can come in if they've no symptoms. If they're not vaccinated, they have to they have to isolate for the seven days. The other issue on this is, but, it, but, it, is, but it, yeah. it does look like sorry for interrupting you, but by March, most of those restrictions will be removed anyway. I mean, it, in, they, the, in the UK, in the next couple of weeks, they're actually removing uh, isolation for people who are testing positive for COVID. Yeah, well, I mean, provided you have no yeah, symptoms. Yeah, well, you know, 
I think there, I think I think if I if I if I put it this way, I, as a, as an employment law solicitor, I think you would see most employees and most employers very concerned if somebody was coming into the workplace who's COVID, who has COVID but no symptoms. Mm. You know, like but we do we do have to get to a point where we get back to a level of normality and back to well, where we were before to some degree. And and we've seen with Omicron, of course, that the majority of experts have said that you know, it's really just a bad cold so far. Thankfully we haven't seen, you know, the, the amount of cases that were case numbers we're seeing, we haven't seen that result in massive amounts of hospitalizations or deaths. So in saying that, you know, if we go back pre-COVID, for example, back to 2018, this time of the year, there would be hundreds of people in hospital anyway. Uh, hundreds would die of influenza uh, this time of the year or other uh, respiratory diseases. So, yeah. I mean, it is a thing that we, as human beings, we're going to have to live with at some point. So I think from your point of view as a solicitor too, is it not fair to say that we have to be careful when we're bringing in legislation that takes away people's liberty, freedom or their data? Yeah, well, I mean, if I take it prior to COVID, somebody came into the office with flu. It was pretty evident that they had flu. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And an awful lot of employers would have gone down. If people were working in an open plan area, they would have gone down and said, oh, hi, Mary, or hi, Joe. Uh, you've got a bit of flu there, have you? Yeah. Why go don't home. you head on? Yeah, yeah. home. Go, yeah. Go, go, go home. And everybody else is going, yeah, you know, like, get out of here. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, we, you know, so we don't, we, now, I, I think there's, a, there's, a, there's an issue in relation, in relation to this. We have Omricon. This one is less dangerous, if I can put it that way, for most people than the Delta one was. Yeah. Yeah, that's the reality. Yeah. The, now, it doesn't mean that the next one that we're going to get... Ah, don't know, be that. Don't be saying that. Cheers. Well, uh, well, uh, <laughs> right, well, all right, maybe, maybe, maybe you'll be right and come the end of March, we, they, the whole issue of COVID will be something that oh, has I'd, been forgotten about. And we'll well, know isn't, that, isn't that what Leo said yesterday, actually? He thought it was the end of March. OK, look, I've loads of other but, questions but, here, OK? Yeah, yeah uh, but look, I say to you, it, it is one that needs to be addressed. Really, it's more... The, the, the problems are coming up not really from the employer side, actually. What is coming up from is other employees who are saying they are not happy to be back in a workplace working beside somebody who isn't vaccinated. And the employer can't turn around and say, well, look, by the way, we can put, you know, hi, Joe, I can talk to you. Can you w- work at the other end of the room? Or, or, or yeah. <laughs> or in a different department. A, yeah. or, or, well, or in a different room. Or, you know, because somebody is immune compromised. You know, so you know, some, let's say that situation, or they could go in and say, "Look, Mary, there's actually no problem. Everybody in here is vaccinated." Yeah, yeah. So don't, don't be worried about. It. So there are people who are immune compromised who are going home to people with immune compromised who are concerned who are working in that situation, and that's one of the issues that's coming up where people are saying, "Look, I'm not happy to go back into the workplace at the moment, and we need people back in the workplaces in a safe environment, and I don't want to take away the rights of anybody to be vaccinated or not vaccinated. That's people's choice. But being able to put in health and safety risks, it's the same thing. If somebody was going into an office and they have a, a physical disability, the office is going to take, have to take account of that to make sure it's safe for them and safe for everybody a, else. Like a risk assessment, so to speak. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. okay, now let's do a quick, uh, few quick fire questions before you head off here, okay? Uh, my boss is still insisting that close contact isolate, even though the government guidelines say differently, and I'm a close contact and I can't claim a payment from the state now. Um, okay, so where do they stand? Well, the employer is entitled to say, I don't want you in here, they have to pay you. Right, okay. So, in other words, because uh, the government guidelines say you can go in and your employer is making up their own rule, essentially, they must pay you. Well, an employer at any stage can say to an employee, go home. Mm. So, you know, go, go home, they have to then pay you in that situation. And that may be just an employer being 
overly careful um, and it could well be that they're doing it because they've got somebody working there who is who is immune compromised and they're they're just being overly careful well being very careful and the, the employer has to pay in that situation okay. uh, so says I'm unvaccinated uh, but and my employer has already said that we all must be vaccinated by April or we must work from home for the foreseeable future and they also suggest this could incur a financial penalty Okay, so the person is unvaccinated. Employer obviously is getting everyone to return to work in April and is suggesting that everybody should be vaccinated. Otherwise, they have to stay at home. And he wants to know, are they allowed to give him a financial penalty for that? Uh, well, this is where they're going to have the, the litigation is going to start because at the moment they can't even ask the question. So if the employer says, well, if you don't ask, I'm taking it that you're not vaccinated. Therefore, I'm going to have you work from home and I'm going to reduce your salary. Yeah, that's going to end up down into WRC because that's just not allowed. Okay, I'm working from home the last two years. Uh, nearly my employer wants us back in the office. We have a small team of five and our productivity and call rate has increased. So I'm assuming they're a call centre of some description. Yet they want us all back in the office. It doesn't suit me as I live very far from the office. Can I do anything? Uh, change job. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean that in the wrong way, but, but, but the answer on it is your contract has... Uh, and the Taunashir came out and said when people were coming back last September, your contract is your contract to where you go to work. That's your workplace. Uh, if you don't want to go there, you have to talk to the employer. But at the present time, there's no right to uh, have a right to work from home. And when that legislation comes in, it'll take maybe nine months to get a case heard in the WRC and through the Labour Court, maybe a year. So you'll either have a choice, go to work or don't go to work. Okay, should your, by the way, does your employer have a duty of care? For example, you know, if you're remote working, let's say, and you're looking after a sick mother or you've got children and and your personal circumstance, maybe you're suffering from a mental health issue or maybe, you know, it's not as convenient as it was two years ago when you were working in the office. Does your employer have a duty of care to look at your personal circumstance and, and come to some arrangement to try and help you out rather than just a blank no? Uh, there is ones on that in relation to, particularly we see people with, we say with childcare issues, but then that is that you, the employee has to be able to show, look, I, currently I can't get childcare for this particular reason, and then it would be for as long as that is a problem rather than it just suits you to work from home. So if somebody says, look, um, you know, creches are closed or I can't get my child into a creche because the creche has had an outbreak of COVID, uh, the employer has to take that into account because okay. that comes under equality legislation. Other than that, you have to come under one of the nine grounds and show it's because of a particular dis- discrimination issue. It's an equality claim rather than okay. anything else. All right. How much, no- legal, how much notice legally does your employer have to give for ho- or, or employee have to give for holidays? My employer has just advised us that we need to now give three months notice. The employer is entitled to do is entitled to do that. Uh, the employer has to, in in putting in those rules, they have to discuss matters with you or the or the or your union. They have to take into account your personal and family circumstances, and they have to take into account your opportunity for rest and relaxation. That's one that I've put up uh, videos on. It's it's there in the Organisational Working Time Act, but the employer can do it provided they're being reasonable. Now, three months, I think, is probably a little bit on the hard side, but it depends on the business and it could be that the business just needs that kind of notification. All right, well, look, that's the fact. That's the law, Richard. (laughs) Yeah, that is the fact. That is the law. (laughs)
Absolutely. Yeah. By the way, just finally, sorry, do you think that Leo Varadkar yeah. missed a trick or the government missed a trick when it came to remote working? Because, you know, with climate change being the next big issue, I suppose, that will affect the world and the idea that we want people to travel less, we want people to, I suppose, work from home more so rather than using up fuels and diesel and everything else and keep the roads kind of clearer and pollution down. Do you think they, the government missed a, a great opportunity, um, you know, to have more people disconnected from work and working from home? I think it depends on the business that you're in. That's the first thing. Second thing is the government plan for, for if we say government employees, is that they'll work in hubs, which is basically offices spread around the country. But they haven't than, really done that, have they? No, no, no but they're, they're, the, the government plan is not that people are going to be, that you're going to have public servants working from home. You're going to have them working from hubs, which is just an office in a different place. So the fact that you'll be able to work, if we say, in Bantry is the, is the idea behind it. But the whole issue of working from home, that's a huge cost for employers as well. And there's huge employment law issues there. And the other issue is funding, because currently, if an employer sets you up to work from home, they can only write off the cost over seven years. So there's an upfront cost there. So really, this nobody has really thought out this working from home. And remember, there's a whole raft of... 50% of the population will never be able to apply to working from home. Working from home is for office workers. Yes, so of if, course. So if you, if you remember of Angarda Shikhan or you're a nurse yeah. uh, or you're working in a restaurant. <laughs> or you're you doing know, surgery over, over the yeah, internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, going, you're, you're, you're never going to be other than in the workplace. So the working from home is really for the office-based the workers. call centres, yes, the call centres. Well, 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 it could be a call centre, solicitor's office, accountant's office. Yeah. The issue on it is it depends then what type of work people are doing. And it's going to create its own problems because if somebody is a, a secretary in a place, she may, he or she may be able to work from home. But if you've got another person who's a receptionist, he or she will probably never be able to work from home, which is going to cause its own conflicts within, within the workplace. So I, they, they announced this the legislation hasn't come through and nobody's really thought out how this is going to work in practice in an awful lot of, in an awful lot of businesses because uh, unless somebody can literally do everything without coming to the office. Uh, but I think you're going to see more blended working coming in where people will be in two to three days a week yes. and the rest of the time at home. I, I think but that's a good arrangement probably for most that, people. That probably, but there is a big issue for younger people particularly coming who are starting off just to say to you that a lot of the training they get is at the water cooler or when they're going to get a cup of coffee and they meet an older worker and they say, look, by the way, this has arrived on my desk. And they say, oh, yeah, I had that about five years ago. Drop down to my office. I'll show you how you do it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, they, The interaction between staff and the chemistry between staff is quite important sometimes. Absolutely. Particularly Very for productivity, so. particularly when you're in marketing and stuff like that where you're bouncing ideas off each other. Yeah, I imagine. I imagine. Or, or, I'm sorry, if in law or in accountancy or even in insurance, all of these are ones where people turn around and they say, oh, yeah, no, I came across that problem, you know, and mm. I, no problem. I'll walk you through what you need to do or I'll give you whatever, you know, I'll point you in the right direction. That training that people had or the training to be able to turn around and say, look, I'm having a meeting. It's with senior people. Why don't you sit in on this one and see how it works rather than they don't, they're losing all of that. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the problem. And there's a disconnect. So I personally think that you're not going to see people working fully from home. I think you're going to see the blended working is probably what's going to, to come in. But there's a lot of employers are saying, look, actually, employees think that the productivity is right up. The employer doesn't. And they're saying, look, we want everybody back in the workplace. So I think there's going to be, there's going to be lots of work for solicitors when that new legislation comes in. 
Absolutely. Well, look, I, mean, I could ask you a million questions here and have you on for two hours. And all those people who are sending in the questions, if you want to ask Richard himself, you can contact him, Richard Grogan, Employment Law Solicitor. You'll find him on TikTok. You'll find him online. You'll find him on a website somewhere else. You just Google him. Uh, Richard, thank you very much indeed for coming on. I appreciate you clarifying all those questions for us. Thanks. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits.